0: The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleecker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at AllAndyElford and facebook.com slash all Andy Elford. We have come to that part of the year, folks. 2021 has come to an end my friends and 2022 is around the corner tonight on all Andy Alfred we look back at the best of all Andy Alfred in 2021 right here on the anchor network
1: guess who's back
0: all andy Alfred and shot of- Four runs in the span, I'm gonna get shut out. Dumb beer! Go
1: home, Jack! Left way
0: back! Put some extra relish on my hot dog! Bear down, Chicago Bears! Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys! And welcome into a special edition. Of all Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Leaker, or Stitcher, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so so much for tuning in tonight. As you can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford. As well as on Facebook.com/slash/AllAndyElford, and Happy New Year to everybody here on the All Andy Elford page. As we are counting down some of the best rants by yours truly here in 2021. We've got a lot to get into tonight, of course. A little Kenny G this this evening. To get you into the mood as we ring in 2022. Hopefully this upcoming year will be a tremendously good year for everybody. After the hardship of 2020 and 2021. And it started for me of course late this year. With of course the new additions in Detroit. With the Detroit Lions. The Lions hiring Dan Campbell. And receiving Jared Goff as their quarterback. The Lions always seem to find our way into the countdown, and it's no more than what happened on November first, two thousand and twenty one this year, our number five spot in the rant about the Detroit Lions You figure that this would be a team that could be that they could win. You know, I looked at this beginning of the season. I looked at this season I said, okay, new coaching staff, a great quarterback, a young receiving core. This is going to be interesting. I we're not going to win the division, but at least can we win some games? We are not winning games at all. And this is a two-faced team. This is a two-faced team, folks. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, and I just can't. I, I I just can't take it anymore. I really can't. I'm blaming this season. This season is gone. Lions fans, you think we're gonna make the playoffs? Pardon my language, but fucking forget about it. We are not making the playoffs. Don't put any rest into this, and I. Have to say this to the fans last night that was at Ford Field for that game and they booed. Booed Spielman getting inducted into the ring. You're booing a great player. I will admit that. Chris Spielman, a terrific player with the Lions. He deserves to go in the Hall of Fame and I commend you for booing the Ford family. I commend you for that. I commend you we're doing that. The man deserves a winning product on the football field when he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Not this garbage that is on the field. Jared Goff is not our quarterback. Matt Campbell is not, this this Dan Campbell is not our coach. Please, For the love of God, the Ford family, leave, spend some money, I'm sick and tired, I'm tired of losing football every single year. I get laughed at by every single person! I'm getting laughed at by Browns fans! I'm getting laughed at by Raider fans! I'm getting laughed at by every single fan! It's because the Ford family doesn't wanna spend any money! They rather invested into the Henry Ford Museum! they rather invested into the Health Program. And that's great! Invest it into the Health Program. We need an Illich in this team, in this organization. We need the Illages to buy out the Ford family. Because if they do, maybe, just maybe, they will spend some money. We need players. We can't rely on, we just can't, I'm just sick and tired of it. I am tired of losing football in Detroit. These fans us deserve a winning product on the field. I'm sick and tired of it. I am tired of losing. I am tired of checking every Sunday. How are the Lions doing? You know how the Lions doing? Getting emotionally invested into this team. I get myself psyched up every year that maybe, just maybe, they'll surprise me and win a game. Maybe stretch a winning streak together. And every freaking Sunday and every freaking week and every freaking year, they just take my heart out and just stop it on the ground. I can't take any more losing football. We are going to be the team that's going to be both 0-16 and 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 0-17. Campbell is not the guy right now. He needs a year. I understand that. And golf is not the answer. Golf is not the answer. I'll say it again, golf is not the answer for us as Lions fans. The defense is atrocious. We need to build defense. We need to build a better team. We need defense wins us championships. Offenses win the game. That's plain and simple. But this is a laughing stock of a team. It's if F- I and the old members of the Bowling Green Radio Sports Organization all threw on gear on and went out on the field. And for just six points yesterday. It's just embarrassing. And like I said, this team is two-faced. They can play tremendously well. Tremendously well. When the lights are on. Last week with the Rams. Right there. Playing with them. Against the Vikings. We're right there. Losing again. The Ravens. Having the game won. And then losing it off a 61 yard field goal. That just killed us. Having the possibility of a comeback. In week one against the 49ers that brought up a lot of hope for this team. But then we just get part of my language but we absolutely get shit on against the Packers. Beaten and destroyed by the Bears. Absolutely humiliated by Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And then yesterday, a 2 and 5 Eagles team comes into Ford Field and lays out 44 points. That's it. That's it for me. They're done. Done. It's over. We might not talk about the Lions the rest of the season on this show. Cuz I'm not going to put you through this. I am really not going to put you through this. And don't give me the waterworks Dan Campbell. Don't give me the waterworks. This team and the ownership have a lot of explaining to do. So please, please, please. Martha Ford and the Ford family, get the hell off of my football team. Your husband was fantastic for this team. Don't get me wrong. But it's time to sell. It's time to get rid of. Of the Ford family in Lions football. Plain and simple. If they leave, you watch and see this team takes off and they will win football games. We need an Illich to come in and buy this team. And then he owns all four portions of the big sports Pistons, Red Wings. uh, Tigers and Lions he owns all four put some money into the program cause the Ford family ain't doing shit for us and I'm sick and tired of it I'm sick and tired of losing I know how you Browns fans feel now you went through an 0-16 and a 1-15 season I understand that but listen to me. This is embarrassing. When we lose to the Eagles 44 to 6, the Eagles ran for four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. That shows you how bad this defense is. That shows you how bad this defense is. Jalen Hurts for the game. He was 9 for 14 in passing. For 103 yards. His QBR rating was a 93.8. Gardner Minshew. Garden Minshew. had a was perfect. Two for two. Hurts, seven carries, 71 yards. Scott, 12 carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns. Howard, 12 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Ganwell, 13 carries, 27 yards, no touchdowns. The receiving core, Goldberg, 6 catches, 72 yards. Watkins, 2 catches, 18 yards. Smith, 1 catch, 15 yards. Stroll, 1 catch, 14 yards. Full alliance, golf, a good game, but he's not the answer. 25 for 34, 222 yards, no TDs, no interceptions, A QBR rating of a 17.6%. You can't... He's not the guy. DeAndre Swift having the breakout game. 12 carries, 27 yards, no TDs. Jefferson was the only bright spot. And the only points that the, the, the Lions scored. Two carries for six yards, one TD. The receiving core. Hawkinson, a great game. The receiving core is there. It's just the defense is absolutely atrocious. 10 catches, 89 yards. Saint Brown, 3 catches, 46 yards. Abuke, 3 catches, 40 yards. Swift, 5 catches, 24 yards. Jefferson, 4 catches, 23 yards. It's just And here it is. Here's the overall team stats. The Lions had 15 15 first downs to the Eagles 27. On third down, the Lions 5 for 14. The Eagles 5 for 10. The Lions 2 for 5 on fourth down, by the way. Total yards. Here's the big one. 350 total yards for the Philadelphia Eagles. 114 of the air. 236 on the ground. This defense is lackluster and terrible. Terrible. Well, the Lions had 228 total yards of offense, 171 through the air, 57 yards on the ground. Eight penalties for 50 yards for the Lions. Two penalties, 15 yards for the Eagles. A fumble was the one turnover in the game. The Lions were lost in possession. They had 25 minutes even. To the Eagles, 35 minutes with the football. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's over. So, Ford family, it's time to leave. This is embarrassing. The rest of the way, there's no way. There is no way we're going to win another football game. We have the Steelers in Pittsburgh next in 2 weeks. We go to Cleveland the week before Thanksgiving. No. At home against Chicago on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Loss. I'm be singing the fight the Bears fight song on Friday. At home against Minnesota loss go to Denver Denver looks good they're gonna beat us that's a loss have Arizona at hope oh what's gonna happen there we're gonna lose have at Atlanta possibly a win but Atlanta looks good too in Seattle no and we end against Green Bay we're gonna lose we're gonna go oh at 17 we're going to get the number one draft pick. I'm just going to say this. This season is an absolute embarrassment to us Lions fans. And I just want the Ford family to know this. And I hope you Lions fans listen up. If you have to get season tickets next year, don't. If you have to re- re-up your PSLs for the next three years, Tell the Ford family no. As we're getting close to election day. Tell them no. Vote no and no confidence in the Ford family. I am sick and tired of losing football. We are all sick and tired of losing football. This team and this city deserves a fantastic NFL franchise. And what we are devoted to is the laughing stock of the National Football League. It's absolutely embarrassing. And I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I'll get a week off from looking at a Lions football score. Thank God. Because this is an absolute joke. I hope that the team and Dan Campbell have a sit-down meeting with everybody and talk it all over. Because something has to click. And the trade deadline is coming around the corner. And I, if I was the Lions, i sell everything. Sell the popcorn vendors, sell the seat cleaners, sell everything. Get rid of everybody. Get rid of the Ford family. Get rid of them all. Because this team is a damn joke. An absolute damn joke. Plain and simple. (sighs) Plain and simple. Had to take a sip of something. here. Ice cold Pepsi. Which is the official drink of the National Football League. And then served at Ford Field. Sell the Pepsi vendors. Get rid of them all. Let's talk about a positive team, but fell short. And let's talk about the Browns. So, a fantastic rant to start the program at number five. The rant about the Detroit Lions, and they are still causing me pain to this day. And hopefully in 2022, they will find a way to get some winning football. But we got to hope that the Ford family decides to sell to the Illich family. As you're listening to the best of Andy Rants on all Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and and Bleecker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're and however you're listening. Thank you so, so much. We now look at number four and of course every year we look forward to the Marathon Classic presented by Dana at Highland Meadows Golf Course. This year was no exception to it as a great tournament was hampered and ended in a rainy Sunday that canceled the rest of the tournament and Nasa Hadakoro winning the trophy by just taking a tee shot at hole number one. My opinion on the whole matter was a doozy. So at number four, the Marathon Classic, the, cl- the Monday after the Marathon. That helps these charities out so much. Now we get to the golf. It was fantastic. Some of the best players that we have seen in the world. world. Burke Henderson, as well as Stacy Lewis. You know, and seeing the championship... Seeing that championship was was and how it ended though on that Sunday really hurt me. Really hurt me and it made me, you know, really question everything. Especially with the tournament that was after them, which is the Dow Invitational, which is a two person tournament which is from Wednesday to Saturday. I don't understand why the LPGA decided to do a two-person tournament, and it's been like that for the last three years. After our tournament, it's the Dow tournament, and it's been like that on they do the tournament open on a Wednesday. Why don't they open the tournament on a Thursday like they usually do and play it into the weekend? But this year it was different because of the British Open. I understand that. But us as fans, we didn't get to see the championship that we wanted wanted to see the championship Sunday that we wanted to see. And so I I frown upon what the LPGA did. All she, all, all she had to do was just take a drive and play the first two holes for her to win the championship. It shouldn't have been like that. It shouldn't have been like that. I think we should have waited and a lot of the golfers were out there playing in the weather conditions that we had that, that Sunday. And they were playing in this tournament. And just for Nasa Hatakura, just to hit a drive and to win the tournament, it just wasn't enough for me. Really wasn't. I was very disappointed in how this tournament ended and how she wins the trophy just by taking a drive when all the other players were out there in the rain. And you know, they could have played this tournament and finished it on Monday. They should have finished this tournament on Monday. But of course, because of that, what was happening in Midland on Wednesday, they decided not to finish it and they decided to play it only 64. Instead of 72. 54, excuse me, instead of 72. And I I, I just don't like it. I didn't like it whatsoever. But, you know, that's just the way it is, you know. And Nasa Hatakora will have her name planted on the flag. At Highland Meadows, and she'll be planted on Monroe Street. Going forward, and you know we'll be continuing our coverage of the Marathon Classic. You know that we will. And it's good to see that you know, you know the L the LPGA is back. Um, they're going to have a week, off, a couple weeks off because of the Olympics. A lot of them are playing over in. So of course the marathon classic will be no more actually after this year after this past year it will be now the dana open which will take place labor day weekend we look forward to giving you the coverage right here on all in the with the four days of coverage including the college football starting off as well we look forward to 2022 with the Dana Open presented by Marathon at Highland Meadows Golf Course this upcoming year. Coming in at number three, of course, was the huge event over at Inverness Club this past season, and that was the 2021 Solheim Cup. It featured Team USA versus Team Europe in a in a pairs matchup as well as individual on Sunday to see who would lift the Waterford Trophy, and who would be reign supreme in women's golf. Of course, we had the coverage for you. We covered it, and I go into a rant tonight on this at number three about how people say that Toledo is not a entertainment capital and how the Solheim Cup really propelled Toledo in the right state of mind. So at number three, here is the Solheim recap and intro into Toledo. We were planning on doing shows uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of the Solheim Cup. However, uh, I do want to apologize to you, the listeners. I got really into the Solheim Cup, and by the time I would get out of the cup out out of Inverness, you know it would be so late i said you know what it's not worth it to do shows well, i'm cuz we do so we do a full week of shows for the marathon classic i i decided to just go ahead and not and scrap the solheim cup coverage because i want to invest more into this year's bowling green football season and more coverage on that so i scrapped the solheim cup coverage And Thursday night was the opening of the BG football season at Tennessee. And we'll get to the whole, what we witnessed on Saturday here in just a minute. But let me tell you, the city of Toledo, I am so proud of us on how we performed at the Solheim Cup. Over 100,000, it was 113,000 if I'm not mistaken. I'm listening to my, 113,000 through the turnstiles at Inverness, the full week from Thursday's practice, Tuesday's practice rounds, all the way to Championship Monday, and the city really rolled out the red carpet for these players, for the world to show up, and the world was watching, and we see that Team Europe defends its championship, and you know, I was there Saturday morning for the first round of the match plays, and uh, I followed the Corda sisters, Nelly and Jessica, and you know, they 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 look fantastic. They they there's their ball striking ability was fantastic. But you know, you're running up against the Europeans that are just so good. They're just so good. And then the fact that they were down 4-1 after the first rounds of the foursomes match. You know, I I kind of felt like Europe had the momentum and then the United States made the second surge in the in the second half on Saturday, got it back to close, and then they really turned it up on Sunday. Um, But Monday, but it was just too much for them. It really was. And then you play, then you're playing match play between, uh, single match play, championship play. And, you know, I I just, I, I just had that feeling that the, that the U.S. wasn't going to come out on the winning edge. I really did. And uh, so congratulations to Team Europe and retaining the Solheim Cup on American soil, too. And, uh, you know, it, w- it was just a great week of golf in the city of Toledo. And it was a great week of, you know, sports in general. Because you just not only had the Solheim Cup there, you also had the opener for the Rockets over at the Glass Bowl. The Mudhens were on the road, of course. So, yeah, I mean, it was great to have all these people in the city, and it's great to see the city coming out in droves to support this golf, and maybe this will span a tournament, a PGA tournament to come to Toledo. I would love to see that. i love to see the PGA come to Toledo. But, of course, now with the Rocket Mortgage Classic up in Detroit, it's kind of hard for the city to get a big event like that to come to town sure we have the triple uh, a all-star game in baseball as well as the uh, echl all-star game that we had here we have WinterFest from with regarding of the mud hens uh the amount of baseball that we get from the mud hens as well as the concerts that are at Prometica park uh, promedy park excuse me i call it Prometica park um and then you have you know the you have highland meadows and sylvania with the the Marathon Classic every year. You know, Toledo is such a great city to live in. And, you know, there's so much to do in the city. And, you know, I get a lot of people that, that knock on this city. And I, I don't understand why. This city is absolutely fantastic. You can do something different every single day. Whether it be going to the art museum, the famous art museum, the zoo, uh, the Imagination Station, you can go to. I mean, you can go to any one of the metro parks. It's absolutely breathtaking and fantastic. Uh, You can go out to, I mean, there's plenty of great restaurants with Tony Paco's as well as uh, Ye Old Dirty Bird, uh, Frickers, if you're in the uh, food bar sports kind of a feel. Um, Yeah, I mean, Toledo is such a great city, and I I, I kind of hate it that people knock this city so much. About, you know, well, there's nothing to do here. And there's nothing going on. And blah, 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 blah. Because you're not looking hard enough. There's always something going on in the city. And it's always a fun time here in Toledo, Ohio. So the world was watching us. And we hit the tee shot right down the middle of the fairway. And it was perfect. So congratulations, Toledo. A great job with the Solheim Cup right here. In Toledo, Ohio. So let's dive into it. Let's go right into it. We're going to go right onto the gridiron. And, well, it's a new coach, a new quarterback. It's the same old damn LOL Lions. We look forward to giving you guys more coverage of the of the LPGA coming to Northwest Ohio. Right here on All the Alford, powered by the Anchor Network, either on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Bleaker, and Stitcher. However you listen to our show, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. At number two, the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Jackets last year had a COVID year, and it was the ending of a ton of our favorite players, whether it be Nick Felino getting traded, David Savard, and Pierre Luc Dubois, we see the end of John Tortorella's reign at the bench for the Jackets. And one game that calls to mind the most to me was the biggest rant that I took on the 28th of March when I laid into the Jackets after a pathetic performance in Detroit against the Detroit Red Wings that they absolutely bombed and failed. We even hear from John Torarella himself, the former head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets in this rant. At number two, the Jackets fall in Detroit and I lose my Jacket. And we could get five out of eight, I'd be happy with that. I would be absolutely happy with that, And I was. I was happy with that. And then that, that led into Friday and I said, you know what, we've got confidence going into Friday night, Friday, Saturday afternoon's game against Detroit. And I said, you know what, we've been good in Detroit. We haven't, we lost the third game of the year against Detroit, but we did win the second game of the series. There's a good strong possibility that we could do this. What we got on Saturday afternoon was probably one of the worst performances I have ever seen in in the 20-year history of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I have watched this team religiously for 18 of my 20 years of watching this team. I have never seen it this bad. This terrible, this bad in the first period alone was this game should have been not even what the score it ended up being, okay It should be all Detroit Detroit came out, and Detroit had a lot to play for in their game. The night before on Thursday night they went into Nashville and they lost seven to two to Nashville. They had a hard practice Friday, and the jackets got cocky and paid for it. On Saturday. And I admit that. I admit that. But how bad we played. You know, Saturday, I sat at home, watched the game in its entirety. I was supposed to go and hang out with uh, my fiancé's friends. We were going to go hang out early. We were going to grill and we were going to enjoy our, you know, Saturday evening. I said, you know what, let's wait. I want to see what happens with Columbus and Detroit. This game made me wanted to cancel my plans, go into a corner, and start crying. Because in the first period alone, the Jackets were outshot 16-5. to 16-5. Okay? In the first period alone, Adam Ernie, a Jacket killer... Buries his sixth of the season from Hronik and to Kaiser. It was 1-0. There's nothing that, and by the way, Corpusala was pulled for the game. He has a lower body injury. He's day-to-day. We don't know how the extent of his injury. But that doesn't give it an excuse for that, okay? Defense, the first goal on Ernie He can't... Elvis could not complain. I won't complain to Elvis about that goal. I will not complain about Elvis. It was a tip-in shot from the point. It just... It tipped Ernie and went in past Merce-Lincolns, okay? It's the second goal that was scored not even 30 seconds later that really, really pissed me off. It pissed me off to the point that I almost... Flipped the coffee table while I was watching the game. You had four defensemen in the area. And Fabry gets a snapshot and beats Mer Lincoln. Four, de- four defensemen. How does that happen? It's 2 nothing Detroit after 20 minutes. By the way, Fabry's goal, his 10th of the season, from Larkin and Sedina. Not even 30 seconds. It was a shell shock for us Jacket fans. Thank God Nick Foligno got on the board. And the man should get paid. He should get paid by Columbus. He should stay in Columbus because he deserves to be in Columbus. I'm hearing rumors of Savard and Nash and Felino. They all, three of them are on the chopping block. You keep Nick, you keep Nash, you get rid of Savard. Savard has been a negative. We have talked about it on this program time and time again. He is not pulling his weight as a jacket player. He's got to go... And line a is another one that's got to go. Keep Roslovic He is producing. Line a is not. One goal in the last 16 games? You have got to be kidding me. That is not going to cut it. Okay? That is not going to cut it as a jacket. Okay? Cam's got to step up to the plate. The def- thank God for Jones and Warinsky because those two can play right now. Because everybody else is just garbage. I love the fourth line with Matteau and McGinnis. I love that line. They're a grinding line. That's a line that I want on the ice at all times. That is a blue jacket line. A grinding line that will dig in and get points and put pucks on net. That's another thing. I'm going to go... I'm 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 on this now, okay? We're 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 diving in. Full T on this. This team is so pass happy. I I can't I can't get it. I don't get it. Why don't they put the damn puck on the goddamn net? I am sick and tired of it being friendly passing. Pass pass pass. And every time they pass, and it showed in the Detroit game, On Saturday afternoon, when the Jackets had a power play, they were passing the puck too much, and Larkin takes the puck, almost beats beats Merce-Lincoln's, because you're passing it too much. Stop passing the puck. Shoot the goddamn puck on the goddamn net and see what happens. Get the garbage goal. Point it simple. It made it close with the Felina goal. His sixth of the season from Texier, who comes back into the lineup, did okay for his return and Jenner his ninth of the season. But in the third period, it was just you know that Detroit was gonna go for the go for the jugular, and they did. Anthony Manta beating Merz Linkitz four minutes into the third period. And that put it away. The Jackets fall. At the slice, three to one. Larkin and Nemeth get the assist. The three stars. Larkin. Big night for him. Got some points on that one. Picard. The goaltender. And by the way, it wasn't it was it was Calvin Picard in the net. It wasn't Grice. It was Picard, the backup. We lost to the backup. Again, I say it again. We lost to the backup of Detroit. <sighs> Fabry, the third star. Jackets outshot in the game 34-22. In the faceoff dot, Detroit led 52% to 48%. Both teams over on the power play. The Jackets did out-hit the Wings 25 to 15. They outblocked them 16 to 10, but it doesn't really matter because the shots on goal in the first period, like I mentioned, 16 to 5 in the in the game. In the first period. In the second period the Jackets outshot them 9 to 8. In the third period the Wings outshot them 10 to 8. 34 to 22. Okay, so the Jackets had 22 shots in Saturday's game Detroit had 34 okay keep track of that okay keep track of that so now Saturday's press conference with Tororello was one for the ages we'll play that here for you in just a little bit because it is something that you would want to hear because it tells about the demeanor of this man and how he feels about this team and how he feels about this, and I'm going to say this right now, and it is just going to play this simple. I think we're seeing the final 20 games with John Tortorella as head coach of the Blue Jackets. I think he finishes out his de- finishes out this season, and Yarmo says, "We're not going to re-sign you. Have a nice life because we need a young guy, young leadership." If we're gonna, if we're building to the future, if we're building to the future, which I don't know, I don't know, then we get to last yesterday. If 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 Saturday was bad. Yesterday was the worst. It was the worst because we were on national television. And I say this every time the Jackets play on national television. We get embarrassed. It's absolutely embarrassing. This team. I feel bad for the Buffalo Sabres fans. You know, you're, you guys have lost 12, 13 in a row. but we get the 614 rule where we don't get penalties called against us and by the way the penalty penalties on on Saturday were atrocious there were so many interference calls and so many holding calls i felt like i was like holding my breath if they were going to lift their arms oh and then we get to yesterday again jackets on national television do not work you n- never, ever, 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 ever put them on national television. On NBCSN, on the big network, and what happens? They get their ass blown out yet again. They were outscored 7-2 to in the two games. That's right, they put up one goal in game two of the series. Detroit puts four up, And Detroit beats Columbus 4 1. And Mers Linkis again. And today, and last night's game, was the worst. Was the worst. Was the absolute worst. It started off with Schneckikoff, his third of the season from Helm and Dudros. 1-0 One nothing after twenty minutes, and I, you know I said one nothing. That's fine, because Jack Roslevik, the Columbus-born player, capitalizes on the attempt and beats Picard to get a six of the season for Bjorkstrand and Atkinson on a tip-in shot, Ties the game at one apiece. And after forty minutes, we're tied at one. And I said, "Oh, I I'll take this. We tie. We need to put our pedal to the ground and." What happens? Third period, yet again, choke it. Ramusen, his first of the season from Fabry and DeKaiser, a wrist shot. Beats Merzlinkins, and it's 2-1 Detroit. And then two empty netters from Heronik and Nesterkov, And the final was 4-1. By the way, in the first period alone, the Jackets, you want to guess how many shots they had in the, game, in the first period? Stick your hand out and count one, two, three. That's right. Three shots on net in the first period. In the second, take both hands out and count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In the third, stick two hands out and go one, two, three, four, five, six. Tie it all together at 17. So the jackets, if you count. Saturday's game where they had 22 shots on net. Last night's game at 17, you have 39 shots on net. Detroit had 29 in the game. They had 63. The Jackets were outshot 63 to 29 in that in the span of two games against. The third worst team in the NHL. Ah, what? What else is there for me to say? I am just frustrated as ever. This is this is absolutely poor, poor play against against a team. That we have beaten time after time after time. All season, Detroit is in a rebuild. We are in a, we're not even in a rebuild. I know they were embarrassed against Nashville. But they embarrassed us! I am I am absolutely I have no word I am I am furious at this team I am heartbroken I am frustrated I am angry I am all of the above It's veterans having to step up to the plate and play The god darn game. It's stop passing the puck. Shoot it on net and get the garbage goal. That's number two. And number three. Fix the damn problem with the point play. Because you go to Jones too much, and the team, the opposition, reads it so well. And this is embarrassing. This team is embarrassing. You, the listener, Invest time in me to talk about this team. And it's embarrassing for me to talk about them. You, the fan, invest your time, your money to watch these guys on the ice. Watch these guys and live up to, make them be your heroes. And for what? For them to do this. To absolutely, pardon my language, but absolutely get shit on. By the third worst team in the NHL. A team that is rebuilding. A team that is basically trying to get rid of players at the deadline. And what are you doing? You were outscored 7-2. You were outshot 63-39. to You were outplayed by the third worst team in the NHL. And now and then Sunday's Presser with Torts. We're going to play them all here in just a second. Okay? Sunday's Presser with Torts just put the nail in my coffin for him and I have to do it. I really have to do it. I love Torts. He is one of the best coaches in the NHL. He is one of the one of the best guys all around guys to to the, the one of the best hockey insight minds but the way that he is coaching this team right now seems like he has just given up and what that means to me as a fan that means that this season is a give up and now we're going into the we're going into the death tornado that is Tampa it for 2 Florida for two and playing Tampa again at home for two and then playing Chicago for two. You really think we want a guy to set up and build up this team to tell us, Hey, you know, we'll get it next time. But when he's arguing with the media and arguing with about the players and their play, that just basically says that the that the bench has given up on him. And if the bench has given up on him, then us fans, I'm sorry to say it, we, we, we have to give up on him. So I have to say this right now, and it hurts me as a fan to say it. It really does. But I think it's time to let torts go. Let torts be torts. Now, who will we go out and get? Because it ain't going to be that damn guy that runs the power play because that's atrocious. The penalty kill is the 29th penalty kill in the league. There's 31 teams. The power play is the 25th ranked power play of the NHL. There's 31 teams. Not going to be Brad Larson. It can't be. It can't be. But we'll play. The, we're gonna play the presser for Tortorella, and I just hope that they keep. They they need veterans there. You need a Felino. Felino has to stay with this team, and I God, I hope he stays with this team because he deserves to stay with this team. He deserves to stay with this organization. We do not need another Rick Nash situation, where the guy, the one of the best guys on the ice, for us gets traded. Now, bear in mind, we did get some good deals out of that with Dubitsky and, and Artem Anisimov and a few other players. But Nick is a, a fan favorite. We can't get rid of him. We honestly can't. And I I I, I don't know what I would do if Nick... I would stay with the Jackets no matter what, but you know, a piece of me would leave. We've been a fan of this guy forever he's a blue collar guy and that's what this jacket need, team needs is a blue collar guy because we are not the NA, we are not the Pittsburgh Penguins we are not the New York Rangers we are not the uh, LA Kings we are not the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Montreal Canadiens we're a small market team we are what carolina is we are what minnesota is we are what nashville is Expansion teams, small teams, and when we have leadership like that, we need to keep it. Like Jones, Foligno, Nash, keep them. Get rid of Savard. We need those three core guys. I and mean, we need Atkinson to stay and get better. We need the Line A to get rid of himself. Get rid of himself. We keep Roslevic. I mean, what else is there for me to say? This team is just atrocious right now. I say that now, and then they run off like uh, fifteen in a row to end the season. They won fifteen in a row, but and we come back to this rant and say, "Well, Andy, you know, you should just should have hold off on your big rant on the jackets because you know they won so many games. It needs to be done today." It need to be called out, so we're gonna play the pretzer for Tortorella. I feel a little bit better after talking it's it's just the fact that this team looks so good against Carolina and then there's just basically the shit the bed against Detroit and now you're playing Tampa, which is basically basically what the number one team in the central. And then you're playing Flora, which is the number three team in the Central. It just doesn't get easier. It just really, it, it really doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. So we'll play the Torts presser. And then listen to his demeanor. Saturday and Sunday. You tell me if this is a, a voice of a guy who has given up on this team. And basically has given up on this season.
1: And you uh, obviously have said the last two or three days that you know, we're going to find out a lot about this team on this trip. What are you learning about this team thus far on this trip? Hedge, Hedge where do you want me to go with that? I mean, we played awful. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and, and criticize our group. We didn't play well. And so I don't know why you asked me the question. Like I said last night, you, you guys can write your stuff. I'm not going to be part of your story. I'm not going to do the team any good by going up and down as far as what went wrong. A ton went wrong. I'll give it I'll give it to you that. But I'm not going to – so there's no sense to ask me those type of questions. Yeah. This team uh, looked so encouraging for four – well, three of the four games against Carolina. And then just to kind of come here and play like this, I mean, I guess just – I'm, and we were all shocked are, are, are you shocked would would that be an accurate way to describe how you feel about this right now no i'm just going to start getting ready for tampa okay thanks john okay. next we'll go to aaron Portsline. go ahead aaron thanks ben john I, I think there was an expectation that this would be sort of a response game from you guys did was there tentativeness there like you talked about early in the season have you Rather than anger, did it did it appear as that you guys were tentative today early, rather than looking to respond to to Saturday's game? Well, I think I think we played harder today, but we couldn't make a play. Yeah, and, and how, as a coach who knows what's in some in, inside some of those guys, talent wise, how frustrating is it to see these guys who you've seen play better individually as a team, et cetera, just not be able to? Get it together. Just not be able to perform. Is that the most frustrating thing as a coach? Well, yeah, we, we're trying to win hockey games. Uh, you want your guys playing at their best, and um, we didn't make a play. We didn't make a play. It, it was it was a struggle for the past six periods. All right, we'll go to uh, Mark Scheife. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn. Yep, John, um, just the goalie interference call. Is, what did you see there, and did you get any oh, sort of... Oh, for smash? God's sake. Who cares about that? My God. Just got the sh- kicked out of us, and you're talking about a goaltender interference. Come on, Mark. I- I'm not trying to disrespect you. I don't care about that. I uh, asked yes, because it was at a 1-1 game where you know if it fails. It was obviously a big moment in the game for you. Yeah. Just, yeah. um, is, is that a I point? challenge it. We didn't get the challenge.
0: Thank you, John. Yeah. And you could tell. You could tell also that he was not in a really good mood, and and he pulled the Belichick there. Zor, we're on to Tampa. You've got to look at this, John. You have to look at this and say, we have to be better. If I was him, and this is me, okay, I would have pulled a Herb Brooks, and I would have had that team on the ice doing laps, line to lines, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until there are, how many shots they had? 29. I would have them do at least 29 times from line to line. Or at least 20 laps. This is just... That's a Jacket fan to hear him and how he's talking. It just kills me. It honestly kills me. Because that tells me that he's given up on this team. Which means that we should give up on this team. And we should be focusing on other things. And the Reds are starting. The Tigers are starting. The... Indi- the Cleveland baseball team is starting. So maybe we should go into baseball. I mean the NCAA tournament's going on. We could we could watch that. The crew is beginning their their defense of the MLS Cup. We can watch that. Hell spring football with Ohio State is starting up. We can watch that. And put the jackets down the, into the third pegs. And maybe you and I, the, the, the connoisseur of hockey, could get an opportunity to go watch the jackets. Because God knowing that those tickets that you've been purchasing and the season ticket holders will be selling their season tickets on SeatGeek or on, or on uh, any of the fans' resale sites because of how bad this team is performing. We go into the death tornado of this schedule this week with two games against Tampa tomorrow night and Thursday. Then Saturday and Sunday of Easter, we're in Florida. We return home on that Tuesday and Thursday to play Tampa, and we finish out the homestand against Chicago and for two straight. For we go back into the death spiral again with... Two against Dallas, two against Florida, two against Tampa, and then we have Detroit. I said at the beginning of this season, to before we came out, we joined you here on the program. This is where the Jackets needed those points in January and February to capitalize. To win those meaningful games. Because they knew that their schedule was going to be hard and heavy at the back end of the schedule. And look what has happened. We are in terrible shape right now. Looking at the standings going into today's place the, Cent- the Discover card Central Division looks like this. Tampa is in first spot. At twenty-four eight and two at fifty points, they have played thirty-four games this year. In second is the Carolina Hurricanes at thirty-three games played. They're twenty-three seven and three with forty-nine points. Third spot are the Florida Panthers at thirty-five games played. They're twenty-two nine and four with forty-eight points. Nashville playing thirty-six games. They are holding the fourth spot now at 18-17 and one with thirty-seven points. Fifth spot are the Chicago Blackhawks. At 36 games played, they are 16, 15, and 5 with 37 points. Our Jackets have played 36 games this year. They are 13, 15, and 8 with 34 points. Dallas has played 4 less games than the Jackets. 32 games. They are 11, 12, and 9 with 31 points. So they have 4 games at hand. Detroit is 36 games played. They are 12 20 and 4 with 28 points. So, where does this lead? I'll tell you where it leads: that the Jackets aren't going to make the playoffs. With games at hand for Dallas, games at hand for Carolina, games at hand for those two teams, games at hand there there's just no way there's no way for the jackets to make it so i'm i'm going to write them off right now jackets aren't going to make the playoffs so enjoy these games jacket fans because we weren't supposed to get a season this year because of covid but we're we're getting an opportunity to see this team play on the ice and getting a chance to go into nationwide and getting a chance to go have a 15 dollar beer and some nachos and fries Going into the blue line shop and wearing our, our jersey and everything like that. Because, you know, it, this will be the first year that we won't make the playoffs. It will be official. We're not going to make the playoffs. I'm just telling you this right now. And I, 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 I hate to tell you that. But this will be the first year that we're not going to make the playoffs in like the last five years. And hopefully we get back into it next year. When we get new leadership and may, possibly new leadership and possibly some... Better players to help us out with the veterans that we have, but i'm just I'm just telling you like it is if you still have any hope that this team is going to make the playoffs, you better ask Jesus at Easter for a miracle because it if it happens, it happens, but we shall see, and that's my jacket ramp. I was due for one this year and it was it needed to be done. You're listening to all the for tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. Let's dive into the rest of the NHL schedule and standings as well. So we hear a great rant by yours truly. Right here on All Andy Elford as I dive into the Jackets. Of course, right now they're dealing with COVID, but they are back on the ice. On thir- they be- were back on the ice this past Thursday. We will give you the recap from the Jackets game against the Nashville Predators, as well as their game against the against the Carolina Hurricanes. All on the new edition on 2022's edition of All Andy Elford going forward this upcoming week. As you are listening to all Andy the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleeker and Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight and you have finally made it to the number one rant in 2021. Of course, it is one that I will always remember and I will never ever Forget, I'm talking about the rant on the poor woman who doesn't know that Columbus has professional sports teams. ABC6 did a report from Columbus Crew Stadium or Lower.com Field when the U.S. national men's team was playing against Mexico in a Concafa World Cup qualifying match. The lady was interviewed afterwards saying that it's great we don't have any professional we have ohio state we we don't have any professional sports teams in columbus ohio that really flipped my shit and became the number one rant for 2021 revenue that you desperately desperately need I think it's funny that Columbus is gonna be picked up on two fronts on the ESPN plus with the MLS as well as with the National Hockey League. And I'll the big one tonight is what I witnessed Wednesday night. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm not making fun of NHL of the fans in Columbus. I am not making fun of Columbus fans. They are the best fans in the, in the, in the league, in my opinion. They die with this, they live and die with this team. I'm one to prove it. But I have a beef with residents in Columbus. There was a uh, video that was surfacing of course, the U.S Nationals team of the soccer came to Cruz Stadium and played an exhibition game at Cruz Stadium it was a qualifying game for the world cup that's upcoming and in 2022 in qatar so they were playing this game and after the game uh, a reporter for one of the news channels down in columbus was interviewing people and this one woman uh, i don't know her name it's uh i think it's like i have to look it up really quickly as we're getting closer to the end of the pro- podcast uh, let's see here. Here it is. Uh, her name is Emily Mash. M A I S H. Emily Mash. Okay, she was interviewed by ABC Six. Which is the market down in Columbus, of course, they interviewed this one guy for uh, Graham Naylor, saying that you know it's, it's, good, to, it's good to have you know uh, uh, a big thing that's happening in the na- in downtown and this Emily Mash, I'm not going to criticize her, she says it's good to have professional sports because we don't have professional sports in the city of Columbus. Let me, let me play you the audio so y- y- you think that I'm, I'm joking. You think that I'm joking, but I'm not. I'm not joking.
1: Right in their backyard. It's oh, great. We're both from Columbus. It's nice to see Columbus turning into a city more than a college town. It's awesome. We don't have opportunities like this in Columbus a lot. Um, we've got Ohio State, but that's, you know, we don't have any professional teams here, so it's really cool seeing this in Columbus.
0: What an idiot! What an absolute idiot! Her name is Emily Mash, M-A-I-S-H. Mash, Emily Mash. She's. I immediately flipped my shit when I saw this. When I when I saw this and I heard her say that there is no professional sports teams, let me ask you a question, Emily. Where did you watch this? Foot. Where did you watch the football game? Where did you watch the soccer match? Did you watch it at the intramural fields at Ohio State? No. Did you watch it at the shoe where Ohio State plays at, Emily? No. You watched that game at Lower.com Field, the home of the MLS Cup champion. Professional soccer team, the Columbus crew. This moron. Let me repeat. ABC six had the coverage on that, by the way. Are you were you born? The crew have been around since 1996. You look like you're in your late 30s, middle 40s, by the way. So they've been around since you've been around. The Columbus Blue Jackets are celebrating their 21st season in the National Hockey League. A professional hockey team that is a quarter of a mile away from that arena where you just watched the men's national team perform at they're a professional hockey team. They've been around for 21 years. You've been around longer than them. Okay? The Columbus Clippers, who are on the other side of the arena, of the arena that you just watched the men's national team perform at, have been around since the 70s. They're a minor league team full of professional Baseball players. They've been around long. The organization's been around longer than you have. And they're not professional. The crew have been around since '96. Professional. The Jackets have been around since '2000. Professional. The Clippers have been around since '71. That's professional. Do I need to count all the arena football teams, all the arena soccer teams? Uh, Hell, the Arnold Festival that takes place every year, that's a sporting event. That's full of professional athletes. And you say Columbus does not have professional sports. Emily Mosh, you are hopeless. You must live either in, in Upper Arlington or one of the suburbs because... Honest to God it gives me a headache gives me a headache. Why? Why? No, well, just that that really got in me. I literally saw the video and I just flipped my shit. I was laying in bed and I flipped my shit. When I saw that, when I heard her say that. I live in Toledo, Ohio, and I know more about the professional sports teams in Columbus, Ohio, than this woman who lives in Columbus. That is embarrassing. She's embarrassing. I live and breathe for this hockey team. I live and breathe with the crew. Clippers, Yeah, because I'm a Mudhead fan. I root for the Clippers when they're not playing Toledo. Just to have her say there is no professional sports teams in Columbus. And We're going to play the audio again. Play it again. Play it. I'm having my producer to play that audio again. Play it again
1: right in their backyard. It's great. We're both from Columbus. It's nice to see Columbus turning into a city more than a college town. That's awesome. We don't have opportunities like this in Columbus a lot. Um, We've got Ohio State, but that's, you know, we don't have any professional teams here, so it's really cool seeing this in
0: Columbus. You know her to be an idiot. Don't owe anybody like that any kind of money. Just say that... I wrote, how about hashtag, hashtag CBJ? How about hashtag Crew96? Or how about hashtag The Clip Show? No professional sports teams until in, in Columbus? Ugh. Where did you watch the game at, Emily? You watched the game at a professional soccer stadium. Where a professional soccer team plays at, and you say there's no professional sports teams in Columbus. How did you get to downtown? The arena is in down, the field's in downtown. How did you get down there? Uber, Lyft, boyfriend, husband, girlfriends. You had to come into downtown and see the name Columbus over the top of it. That just really irks me. That that really irks me. To have her say that, oh, oh, kills me. Just honestly kills me. A kid from Toledo, Ohio, knows more about the Columbus sports teams than a woman who lives in that area who's wearing a U.S. national team. Columbus doesn't have a professional sports team that's what she says. I can't believe it. I can't get it to stress out because it's gonna be a good weekend. We got the good slate of NFL meaty football games. You got a good college slate, even though Ohio State and Michigan are not playing. Michigan State playing. Looking forward to that tomorrow. Uh, big game tomorrow night. Jackets versus the Kraken. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Everett. Hope you feel better soon. I uh, hope to catch you on the flip side soon enough. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll be down at the Huntington Center tomorrow night for the jacket for the uh, walleye Kalamazoo game. Probably be wearing my uh, blue jacket gear just to support the a uh, couple of the players that are didn't make the cut for the monsters are down in down in uh, Kalamazoo. So hopefully, we'll see what happens. So that's going to wrap it up for all and all for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the show. As always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, Go Jackets! Go Walleye and go K-Wings! Because, no oh, Walleye are the town team, but K-Wings is the double-A affiliate, of the Jackets. Let's go Falcons! Get the job done against NIU. Go State. Take care of Indiana. And let's go Browns! Get it done against Kyler Murray in Arizona, and come on Lions! Get beat Joe Burrow! Get it done. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, weekend, everybody. I will talk to you on Monday for another edition of All Andy Offer. Love you. Talk to you later. For... So you just heard the number one rant in 2021, the Emily Mosh from Columbus rant saying there is no professional sports teams in the city of Columbus. I hope 2022, Emily, gives you season tickets to the crew as well as Blue Jacket season tickets and Columbus Clippers tickets because professional sports do live in the state capital. So until I talk to you in 2022, my friends, have a safe and happy, healthy new year Enjoy the College Bowl games, and happy 2022. From all of us here at All Andy Alfred, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life, and victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great night, everybody. And never brought to mind Should all acquaintance be forgot In names of old